0: David Warwick has been many things, actor, writer, comedian, teacher, but game show contestant? In a moment, we'll delve into the secret life of the Sussex Central High School drama teacher and find out just what he was up to nearly 30 years ago when he was a struggling actor living in California. I'm Dave Mall and this is the IRSD Spotlight. The year was 1990 and David Warwick was an actor living in Santa Monica, California. He was also enrolled at Pepperdine University as a graduate student in psychology and was employed as a mental health worker at a psychiatric hospital. As he struggled to find his way in the world after graduating from New York University and moving back home to California, David was about to put his lifelong love of trivia to good use.
1: Well, I had been acting and i like it was taking forever to you know get, get good parts and i thought i can't keep doing like i was working in a bookstore and i said i want a better job and i want to move out, you know move out of my folks house again you know i had been had to be go back right after college and it was a real drag so my dad had worked as as a doctor at a at a hospital that had a psychiatric unit he says why don't you try this and why don't you go and at least go to grad school and learn, learn some other stuff while you're still acting. And I thought, all right, so I wanted to be flexible and not just like, uh, well, I can only act and that's it. So I went to grad school and I loved it. I love the whole subject of psychology. I started at UCLA and then went to Pepperdine to finish my master's. I took an introdu- two introductory courses at UCLA to see if I liked it. Then I entered the grad program for my master's in Pepperdine and I went full two years. Started in May 1987 and that very same week, I started work at the psychiatric facility I was working at that he mentions, Alex mentions in the show. I, it was the best job I've ever had, hands down. I mean, I did the I did work that actually had direct impact on people, and it was really an amazing job. Yeah. So I was in a good state of mind. Meanwhile, as a trivia, I, I was completely obsessed with trivia. I always had been since I was a kid. So I'm always like reading facts. And again, like no internet. This is all books. This is all encyclopedias. I mean, I used to read encyclopedias to go to bed. Like that's what I do (laughs) because I I couldn't go to sleep. So my parents said, if you are in bed, you can read all you want. And so I just read encyclopedias. David had always been a fan of the game show
0: Jeopardy!, but it took some prodding from a close family member to get him to audition for the show.
1: Everybody, all my friends, everyone was doing game shows for extra money. But I actually was challenged by my dad, who, because we were both Jeopardy fans, and he he said I wouldn't I wouldn't try out. So once I'm challenged about something, I have to immediately prove the person wrong. It's my personality. But he soon found out that the selection process was about more than just being smart. So this was the this was a long time ago, and I don't even think. We had the ability to do the the initial test on the internet. I I really don't. I think I had to get a paper test from somehow um, and take it. It asked weird questions. I remember the answer to one of them was a Manx cat, M-A-N-X, and I got that one right, and I knew I got that one right. So you took this little quiz, and if you got a high enough score, you went to the next part of the process. At at some point, they called you right in for an interview, and that one's for personality, clearly. They want to see if you're going to be boring, uh, or freeze up, and so they just ask you fun questions about your life, you know, similar talk to like what we're having, and then you go to the next stage where you do like a little mock, uh, like a little mock, at, at least in the day you do a little mock version of the game.
0: David was selected for the show and appeared in an episode that aired in April of 1990. It was his first 15 minutes of fame. Actually it was more like 22 minutes.
2: Now entering the studio are today's contestants, a psychology graduate student from Santa Monica, California, David Warren.
0: On the show, David was matched against an attorney who was the defending champion with over $13,000 in winnings. The third contestant was a writer slash consultant,
2: whose one-day cash winnings total $13,801. And now, here is the host of Jeopardy!, Alex Trebek.
0: It was a few minutes into the game before David got his first correct response, but it wasn't because he didn't know the answers. In fact, he was
1: experiencing a problem common to many Jeopardy! contestants. I knew the answers to every single question, right away i saw i was going to have problems with the buzzer the the beeping end cuz i'm not i don't have that great eye hand coordination in the first place and that thing is tricky it's um it's the like a like a, a small microphone but it has an in, indented button so you have to curve your thumb and poke it down and i can't do that look you can see my hand i don't do that well and so the second part is you have to time it the minute he finishes his last syllable you gotta do it yeah. if you do it too soon you're locked out and you're, you're you'll never get in unless they get the questions wrong so I would have won if I could have done the buzzer for sure cause I knew cause when I'm thinking back I knew like seven eighths of the, the correct answers yeah. I couldn't get in so I was immediately frustrated and I even at a break called somebody over and said what is up like I gotta do better tell me what to do again yeah. they had prepped us but there was no indication how hard it was going to be for people you know like me yeah. that's why i didn't yeah. couldn't get in in the beginning yeah. so then i had to strategize yeah. and start picking harder either harder categories mm-hmm. down in the row or yeah. get in on
0: yeah.
1: ones where they were wrong david finally got on the board about 3 minutes into the opening
0: round by correctly identifying a quote from winston churchill uh,
2: political quotes for 100 please answer there In his first statement as Prime Minister, he said, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. David, who is Winston Churchill,
0: correct? As is the custom on Jeopardy!, the game is paused midway through the first round so host Alex Trebek can have a short conversation with each of the contestants. Alex asked David about his work in the psychiatric hospital, but it was his mention of the
1: 1948 film The Snake Pit that threw David for a loop. It was very nerve-wracking and he, he used a, a pejorative term for psychiatric facilities which completely threw me because, you know, I told you, I like this job. He called, He said, is it, isn't it like a snake pit? And a snake pit is literally the worst thing you can call a psychiatric facility. That's like harkening back to the days of asylums and, you know, locking people away forever. And I was like taken aback and it totally threw me off and rattled me. And I'm like, why did he use that term? It was like... It was so, like, wrong. And I was so I was kind of mad at him a little bit. Yeah. Like, I thought he was doing that to, to rattle my cage.
2: Two of our three contestants today are writers. And the other one is a graduate student in psychology, David Warwick. You used to work in a psychiatric hospital. right? Now, I have to believe from the movies I've seen, The Snake Pit, which is many, many years ago, One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. that there is some rough treatment in there, but I've got to think that today it's a lot
1: different. You're It's tell a me. lot different. There's a lot of... There was a lot of legal action um, in the in the last you know, 20 years that's really cleaned up You know the, the way hospitals are run.
2: I think it's good. So psychiatric hospitals now are providing a lot of good care for the people? As the best that they can, given, you know. Yeah, there are certain limitations because of political repercussions. Exactly. All right, nice having you with us.
0: David struggled through the remainder of the first round and went into the break a distant third behind the other competitors.
2: A nursery rhyme inspired Ella to co-write this song, her first big hits. Bruce. What is a Tisket, a Tasket? You are right for $500 more. That takes you to $1,600. David in third place with $700. Gary in the lead with $3,300. Double Jeopardy round coming up, gentlemen, right after these messages. <laughs>
1: totally frustrated and then one could see that when i got stuff it was some of the hardest stuff i was getting right because those were the only ones i could get in on so i was like and then i was like trying to claw my way back up and just try to do it by getting you know whatever i could get
0: but david made a run at the beginning of double jeopardy that got him back in the game it all started with a correct response in the tv western stars category the answer was Amanda Blake from Gunsmoke and immediately after
1: David hit the daily double. This led to the show's funniest moment. I have I don't I wouldn't say I have a photographic memory, but pictures do come in my mind and her, her picture came in and I had to just focus on what the actress's name was. And so it shocks me that I got it cuz I never watched that show not once. Yeah. And it made me laugh. Yeah. And so he <laughs> called me on laughing. He goes, "Why are you laughing?" Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, all right. Yeah. I didn't know it. I didn't know I knew. And that that some that happened a couple of times on that show. That was a good hump, like over, mm-hmm. it, hopping over that, so I felt better.
2: Uh, TV Western stars for 200. She appeared on film in A Star Is Born in 1954, but was more famous as the glamour gal of Gunsmoke. David, who is Amanda Blake? You are right.
1: Uh, poets for $600. Hours. Middle of the column,
2: The Daily Devil. Why were you smiling for a moment there, David? I don't know what, how I knew that, but I knew that. I never watched Guns I see. All right.
0: A short while later, David moved into the lead with a correct response in the world history category.
2: Uh, world history for 800, Alex. In 1972, Nixon signed a communique in this city, normalizing relations between China and the U.S. Bruce? It was Peking. No. David? What is Shanghai? Correct.
0: But even though he now had $3,900, David didn't know he'd moved ahead of the other two contestants.
1: I wasn't paying attention to the money. I was just trying to get in as much as possible. I really didn't know where I was at, even through Final Jeopardy. Because, and and we'll get to that when you ask me about that, but um, no, I did not know. I did not know where I was.
0: By the end of Double Jeopardy, however, David had faded to third place, a distant
1: $4,700 behind the leader and $4,400 out of second place. I knew that I hadn't been getting in again, and it was, again, a buzzer issue. And um, just on a side note, the guy who won was a printer, a typesetter, which is like an old-fashioned... Yeah. Thing he was incredibly swift with his hands, and I, I, he, but he wasn't that good. Actually, whenever he had a hard question, he wasn't getting in. So I was ultra frustrated yeah. because I was like, by l- dumb luck, this guy has a profession in which he literally it, it, it counts his manual dexterity counts more than anything, and he's the <laughs> guy I'm against. Oh so I was completely frustrated. The other person I wasn't worried about it yeah. was him.
0: But David still had some tricks up his sleeve for final Jeopardy. Famous Women
2: is our Final Jeopardy category. Gentlemen, we'll give you the clue in a moment. You'll then have 30 seconds to write down your question. Final Jeopardy today is this. Literature is my utopia. No barrier of the senses shuts me out. Is from her 1902 autobiography. Good luck.
0: What happened next was his shining moment on the show and gave him bragging rights for the next 30 years as he would be the only contestant to write down the correct response.
2: All right, let's go to work. We'll start down at the end with David. You have $2,500. Will you add or lose some of that money? Let's take a look at your response. Who is, you had Edith Wharton, you crossed her out, and you put in Helen Keller. You are right, you made the right choice. What was your wager? $2,500. you will double your score to 5000
1: That's the first thing I say when people say I'm on Jeopardy. They say, did you win? I say, no I didn't, but I'm the only one who got Final Jeopardy. <laughs> I put it as one sentence.
0: And it was, a, yeah. I think the category was famous women, and That's you right. identified a quote from the 1902 biography of Helen Keller so yeah. you do take pride in that
1: very much so yeah, and this was this was the best this is the best part of the story so I wrote down an incorrect answer first I wrote down Edith Wharton who's another author from that time period because I think they gave the year if I'm not if I'm not wrong yes 1902 yeah. so Edith Wharton would have fit but it, I knew it was wrong so I was really sweating it and then a picture came in my mind and it was of a book I had gotten from Scholastic Book Club when I was a kid and I I I like panned in like a camera on the front of it and i could see the picture and then then i saw it It was a little girl with the teacher annie sullivan and i focused in my head and it said the story of my life and i went helen keller and i changed it really fast helen keller helen keller anyway so i was like i'm saved and i crossed it off i knew i had it right and i wrote helen keller i didn't know i was going to be the only one though yeah so i I knew I, i always my policy is bet everything I just really believe you should do that. So I bet everything, and that's how I tied for second.
0: The correct answer allowed David to double his money to $5,000 and finish in a tie for second. Unfortunately, he didn't get to keep the money, but he still walked away with some
1: lovely parting gifts. And you know you don't get any money in those days. No. No, they didn't do that in those days. You got prizes in second and third. Yeah. Ridiculous. All right, so I I got five years at least worth of shampoo and conditioner. I got, I think I got, I got a stereo, which was a big deal. I loved that. I got a stereo. I had not had a stereo before. I got candy and snacks of all different kinds and a whole bunch of other, other crazy stuff. But I was, you know, I was bummed out. But since nobody got money in the second or third place, I didn't like, go, oh, I didn't get any money because yeah. nobody got money. But I was, I was frustrated because you can't go on again while it's Jeopardy with Alex Trebek. If it's Jeopardy! with somebody else in the future, I could go on again, and I will go on again. Being on a game show like Jeopardy! is a a
0: once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for most people. What was David's overall impression of the experience?
1: It's a little bit of a letdown. I'm not gonna lie. You're like it's over. like that's it. Like if you got in a run like this amazing guy who's been on, you know, um, I mean it must be incredible. Yeah. You do everything the same day. So if I had one, I would have filmed another episode right away. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. The time yeah. is compressed. Yeah. so that it's, it's odd. It's an odd feeling. everything's
0: very rushed. David's appearance on Jeopardy came to light recently when a local television station was filming a piece on Alex Trebek who in March announced that he had been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. But rather than be sad about the announcement, David chose to admire Trebek's courage in revealing his diagnosis and continuing to
1: host the show. No, I don't feel sad about it because I feel like he – I like that he got so up out front with it and he's trying to be um, a role model. He has a really lethal form of cancer. His prognosis is bad. So for him to make a statement like that is it, it is a very cool thing. So I admire that about him. I feel like more like good for him kind of feeling rather than getting into the blue sadness about it. Jeopardy would
0: not be David's only foray into the game show world. A few years later, he was a contestant on Win
1: Ben Stein's Money. Were his fortunes any better than they were on Jeopardy? It did not go great. I got some incredibly hard ones. It was the same dang problem with the buzzer. <laughs> so I was like, Ugh. So I, I already started knowing I wasn't going to win. Because, the you know, based on pre- previous experience. But I got really hard stuff. But Ben Stein did not like a competitor who was playing. He was a lawyer. And they started fighting, really fighting verbally in between every, you know, at at the two breaks. And it created so much tension and hostility that the other contestant and I were were like freaking out. He really didn't like this guy. This guy said kind of pokey things but the other thing was I kept doing Jeopardy technique and Ben Stein got really mad and he says if you say what is before you say it one more time you're wearing the dunce cap and I did and he made me wear a dunce cap for a good portion of the show. Was
0: was Jimmy Kimmel the host at the time? He was. Wow.
1: So wow. that was really cool Yeah that's great. Yeah and he was just good. at the beginning of his career.
0: As an actor living in California and specifically the Hollywood area David had the opportunity to cultivate many friendships in the show business industry this led to him being mentioned by name on The David Letterman Show. We'll let
1: him tell the story. So, I lived with an actress who I'd grown up with. Uh, I needed a roommate. I told you I wanted to get out of my parents' house, so I finally made enough money to get out of my parents' house. She needed a roommate because she had, she had hit a sort of a, a her, the peak of her fame as a, like a, a young actress, a starlet. And her, and her name's Penelope Ann Miller, and she's like a sister. So she had a, du- a duplex, and she wanted me to be in the bottom to kind of, for safety, so she had a guy in the house. And uh, she'd feel better, and also when she was away, because she was going on a lot of shoots. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. And it was a great deal. She barely charged me anything. So I lived there. So we had parties. It was really fun. She got to know my fiance then, now my wife. They got really close. So we'd have game nights and with other actors, and she was dating all these famous people. Every actor in the world was through there. Woody Harrelson, A. Kennedy, like all these people were showing up. Matthew Broderick, the actor, was sitting on my couch. Uh, I made waffles for Woody Harrelson one, one day. It was very weird. So it was this weird life. And so she's on Letterman, and she tells a story and for some reason says my good friend, my dear, this is way later when I think Amy and I have moved out and are living in our own house, so way later she says our friends my dear friends David and Amy Warwick were at a party and Letterman thinks it's funny that she mentioned two unknown people and he stops the show dead and he goes, David and Amy Warwick, huh? David and Amy Ward. Let's let's give him a big round of applause And he makes the whole audience of Letterman Show Stand up and give us a standing ovation She
0: got made fun of by David Letterman But in
1: a great way yeah. And we did get a standing ovation yeah. And they said our names repeatedly And so uh, And he was also making fun of Penny For being so detailed with her story Because that's how she tells stories yeah. Very detailed using yeah. our names, etc <laughs> It was a funny story anyway But um he, uh, so Penny calls me and it's and she says, turn on Letterman right now. She hadn't told me. And we see it live. And then friends start calling nonstop for for the whole evening. Yeah. Laughing. and yeah, I have a clip of it and it's great.
0: Growing up in Los Angeles and living there as an adult, David became acquainted with many
1: Hollywood celebrities. Nobody believes the stories except for my friend Jeff Gartman. He yeah. knows that everything I'm saying is true but it sounds preposterous. Yeah. I went to school with... Forest Whitaker, the actor, the Academy Award-winning actor, Jennifer Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. I because I, I was in LA, I was in Los Angeles. My friends were kids of actors, producers, directors, and then they themselves became actors, producers, and directors. J.J. Abrams, the mm-hmm. huge director, was just a year like a year off being in high school with me. Together, he came and saw me in my plays. I bet because yeah. he w- he became like the actor. You know, the big actor when he was at school, after I left. So it was cool.
0: But Hollywood's loss would become Delaware's gain, as David and his wife eventually moved east, and he joined the Indian River School District as a drama teacher, first at Southern Delaware School of the Arts, and then for the past eight years at Sussex Central High School. So how did he end
1: up in Delaware? My wife had an opportunity with a family business. Uh, she she works for a, a Remax, max realty group in Rehoboth, and her, her sister uh, has a big team, Debbie team. And Amy had a great opportunity to kind of have a big place there, and as a buyer's agent. And so I said, this is a good opportunity. Why don't we move? We wanted to expand our family. It was cheaper here, and had you know this great outdoor lifestyle. We had a young son who's now 18, graduating this this coming you know, in a week. And um, we made the plunge. My wife was very uncertain about coming back here. she'd been gone for 19 years. Oh. and so we th- talked about it, and we decided to bite the bullet. and our friend said, "You can't move after 19 years back." you know and I had been 19 years back too, or more 20 years back, almost 20 years back from New York, I think. and um, I said, yeah, we, we can move, and we are going to move, and we're doing it. So we started a new life here. Well, so even though you didn't get rich on Jeopardy, I'm assuming no. you're happy with the way things turned out. I'm okay with the way things turned out. I would, I'm not going to lie, I would like to go back on when I'm eligible to go back on. Unfortunately, that is, that is you know, when it's a new show. So that might be years.
0: I want to thank David for being a good sport and telling us about his not-so-secret past. David has been a frequent guest on this podcast, so before we wrap up this episode, I want to give him the opportunity to plug one of Sussex
1: Central's drama productions coming next school year. We've decided to do a very cool, edgy musical. It was the musical that kind of paved the way for Hamilton, and it's a historical musical, but it's, like, it's billed as an emo punk rock musical about, about a really amazing, controversial president, Andrew Jackson. It's called Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson and it's a crazy great play it'll actually be in the spring so it's a year away mm-hmm. um, we'll do it in March mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it'll be announced uh, you know, on, the, on the website and, and on, the, on the Take Two uh, Facebook page Take Two the drama club that produces the shows, mm-hmm. so yeah we're doing that and then I got some other uh, things cooking for uh, the fall play
0: I want to offer a special thank you to Jeff Gartman for unearthing the video of David's appearance on Jeopardy! nearly 30 years ago. Without it, this episode would not have been possible and David's secret life would never have been exposed. Jeopardy! footage was courtesy of King World and Merv Griffin Enterprises 1990. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through iTunes, or by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence.